Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bible to Psalms 138 verse 2. Psalm 138 verse 2. And the word of the Lord says, I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above all your name. Earlier this week, I had a taste for a donut, okay? And I, I really wanted a, a donut. And I told Stacy, I said, I'm going to go and drive certain ways somewhere so I can go to this specific donut place to get a donut. And so I went and picked up a donut. And a pastor friend of mine called me. He said, what are you doing? I said, man, I'm headed to get a donut. He's like, oh, man. And then we talk for a little bit. We get off the phone. And about an hour and a half later, he calls me. He says, guess what I'm eating? I said, well, he goes, I'm eating a donut. And we laughed about it. And we talked about how I planted a thought in his mind. He wasn't thinking about donuts. But I planted that thought, and all of a sudden, a craving came for a donut. Well, that's really what preaching is all about. I want to plant a seed in your thinking to get you thinking a certain way, which ultimately will renew your mind. And if you continue to listen to sound doctrine and teaching, your mind will change and you will grow and you'll begin to flourish and prosper. And in the, in the ministry I teach, people that are connected with me are prosperous people. People are advancing and increasing and prosperous. And I believe that's the call of my life to snatch the body of Christ out of poverty and to allow us to be prosperous, to advance and to excel in what God desires for us to accomplish. And today's message I want to share with you is something that I wrote some notes down on that I'm going to read a lot of my notes because I want to be very accurate and I want to be very concise and in what I am saying to you. I also want to plant a thought in your thinking that will really change your life forever. And personally, I believe this might be the most important message I have ever preached. So are you ready to dive into the Word of God? Somebody say, I'm ready. ready. All right. The title of the message today is, Why Pray When God is in Control? Why Pray When God is in Control? People say it all the time. God is in control. He's running everything. Well, if he is, he sure does have things in quite a mess and a dilemma. I mean, we have inflation that's running high. Disease is running loose. Terrorism is still a problem. Natural disasters are loose. Racial division, abortion, grocery prices are extremely high. How many of you can attest to that? Crime suicides. There are more people dealing with victim mentality. I'm going to talk about that one day because that's, that's straight demonic. Victim mentality is very demonic. I'm going to talk about it one day. But victim mentality, poverty is running rampant. If God is in control, right, Danica? Do you mean he is controlling all of this? And we found in the word in Psalms 138 verse 2, the last portion of that verse says, for you have magnified your word above all your name. Now you there is God himself has magnified his word, what he has spoken, 
what he has allowed to be written, what he has said to be magnified or to be greater or even to seem or appear greater than even his name, which is your character. Your name is your character. When someone says your name, they are, they are immediately identifying with your character. When you hear the name Devon Alexander, what comes with it is probably my face, and then right along with it is my character. What type of character does this person have? There are certain names that elicit certain responses, certain behaviors, certain feelings. You hear certain names, you don't feel a certain, you're going to feel a certain way about that name. Well, God here says that he has made his word greater than his name. You can say that his word is actually greater than his character. What he has said, what he has spoken, what he has declared is actually greater than his character. So he is a man of integrity. If he said it, he's going to back it up. If he promised, he's going to come through. He is going to put his word above even his character. And so I want you to notice these things, that God has placed his word even above himself. Okay? God has placed his word above himself. God has positioned his word even higher than his own character. What he has said, what he has spoken, he has positioned it even higher than his character, which means he will never violate or break his word. Never will he violate or break his word. God cannot lie. It's impossible for God to lie. Now, Pookie and Ray Ray, they're going to lie all the time. But it's a, social media is lying to you, by the way. They're lying to you, too. I know some people on social media that post all these beautiful pictures, but I know them, and I know what's going on in life, and they're lying. So don't get jealous of social media. It's a lie. God cannot lie. If he said, let there be a three-headed dog, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be a three-headed dog show up. He cannot. It's impossible for him to lie, and he cannot violate nor break his word. Why didn't, I've heard, I've heard this question, why didn't God just kill Adam and Eve in the beginning? You know, they sinned, they messed everything up. Why didn't he just eliminate them? Let them go, kill them. We're going to talk about that today. This is the reason why. His word was set in motion, and he will not break nor violate his word. He has placed it even higher than his character. And so he will never break his word. And when we understand this, we will understand that this is the fundamental purpose of prayer. This is the fundamental purpose of prayer, realizing that God will magnify his word above even himself and his character. Now, let's look at Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 25 through 28. Genesis chapter 1, verses 25 through 28. Watch this. And God made the beast of the earth according to its kind, cattle according to its kind. That word kind is likeness. And everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, let us, the triune being of God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, let us make man in our likeness, according to our image, and let them have dominion 
over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Look at verse 27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created man. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them. Somebody say, I'm blessed. blessed. And God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, I want you to notice in this passage of Scripture, the animals were created in its own image or in their likeness, but God created man. Man is a spirit, and the spirit of man is inside of a male and a female. There is no female spirit. There are no male spirits. Spirits don't have genders. Spirits only function as man. So there is a, uh, like a masculine pronoun to them, but they do not have genders like male and female, okay? So somebody says, you got a female spirit on the inside, you, you, you know, that you just rebuke them, okay? Or you, it, it, I have a spirit, and, and my spirit is inside of the function of male and female. This is why it's confusing when people say, I don't know, they're born a male, but they don't know if they're a male or female. All they have to do is just look down, and they will notice that they are a male or female. Your spirit is not uh, confused. It has no gender. It's in, and God placed your spirit inside of a male or a female so that you guys can dominate the earth together. Men need women. Women need men. I thought I'd get a better amen than that, but, but I know what I'm talking about here today. I need my wife. And if you're unmarried, you still might need a male or a female. We need each other. And so this demonic spirit, you know, men and men getting together and women and women getting together, that's, that's a demonic spirit saying we don't need each other, but we do. I, man, you quiet up in the house of the Lord today. That's all right. Somebody say Amen. amen. We need each other. And God placed the spirit of man inside of a male and female. And then he told the spirit of man, which was created in his image, in his likeness, just like him, a chip off the old block, an exact duplication and replication of himself. Your spirit looks like God. Your spirit looks like God. Your spirit looks like God, and he placed your spirit, his spirit, your spirit inside of you, and then he said, put it on the screen if you don't mind, Genesis 1, one more time. Then he said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and this is what he said, let them have dominion. Say, say these four words, let them have dominion. Say it one more time. Now, I want you to notice he gave man, male and female, dominion over the earth. He did not give male and female dominion over each other. He didn't say the male should dominate the female. He didn't say the female should dominate the male. We were not called to dominate each other, but we were called to dominate the earth. And here he says, let them have dominion. That word dominion means the right to command, the right to control, and the right to determine. Let them have dominion. But notice he did not say, God did not say, 
let us, including himself, have dominion over the earth. Notice he said, let them, excluding himself, have dominion of the earth. Why is the earth in the condition it's in? Because man has dominion over the earth. And God put his word out there, let them have dominion. That's his word. He's not going to break it. So the earth is in the condition it's in because he gave his word. And now man is controlling the earth. And dominating the earth, and the earth is where it is because God gave the authority to dominate the earth to men and women. Now watch this. I, I, I get into, I get, I, well, I shouldn't say I get into it. I, there's one particular, okay, I have to tell you this. So I was praying over uh, a UFC fighter before he got into the ring, and, and that picture got posted on Instagram, and it got, you know, it got thousands of likes and views. There were a lot of haters in the comments, okay? So, I mean, people were hating over that, and, you know, a lot, of, a lot of love, but a lot of hate. And one particular comment, someone said, I can't believe that this man calls himself a man of God praying over another man instead of praying over uh, people in, in other countries that are dying of starvation. And, and if there was a God, would people die of starvation? There ain't no God. You over here praying, there ain't no God. Because if there was a God, wouldn't he feed the children? Let me submit something to you. Do you know how much food is being thrown away? There's a college that I won't name the name because I don't want to embarrass them, that I was recently told that they throw 500 pounds of food away a month. A month. And we blame in God because there's no, because other people are dying of starvation. What does God have to do with that? The food has been provided. There is so much food in this earth. We, we don't have to worry about eating for the rest of our life. There is nothing but food on this earth. But certain sectors don't get the food. Is that God's fault? Is God, now, now are we atheists now because these people have died of starvation? Or should we now be looking at why is the distribution of food not equal? Who do I need to call? Who do I need to talk to? Maybe what do I need to do? I need to maybe go down and help somebody that's, that's, not, that, that's starving. And maybe I can help because I've got food. And now I'm the hands and feet of Jesus walking the earth. All these reasons that people have for God not existing is solely on you and I's responsibility and watch. It's not on God's watch. He gave this earth to, the, to, to mankind. He gave it to us. What's happening in here is because we allow it to happen. What's going on here is because we let it happen. We permit it to happen. It has nothing to do with God. We have been granted authority, control, and responsibility over the earth and all of its resources. Who has authority over the earth? Man, yeah, we do. Say, I do. Who has responsibility over the earth? Somebody say, I do. And all of its resources. God has provided more than enough, and we have the responsibility to make sure that everybody is participating in all of the goodness of God. Somebody shout amen. amen. Let's go to Psalms 115, verse 16. And I want someone to pull this up on their phone in the New 
in the Passion Translation. Psalms 115.16 in the Passion. If you have it up on your phone, I want you to raise your hand. But I'm going to read it from the New King James Version. The heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth he has given to the children of men. Now watch this. The heavens belongs to the Lord. But who does the earth belong to? The children of men. Why? God still owns the earth, but he's given delegated authority to children of men. Does anybody have it in the Passion Translation? Anybody pull up Psalms 115, 16 in the Passion? Come on, here, Kara. Come on up here. Come on up here. Yeah, come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on up here. Give Kara a hand, praise the Lord. The Passion Translation. The heavens belong to our God. They are his alone, but he has given us the earth and put us in charge. Who's in charge of the earth? We are. We're in charge of the earth. Now watch this. Look at Psalms chapter 8, verses 4 through 8. Psalms chapter 8, verses 4 through 8. And if you don't mind, Kara, find verse 5 in the passion for me there. Psalms chapter 8. And let's look at verse 4. What is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you visit him? Verse 5, for you have made him a little lower than the angels. I'll talk about that in a second. And you have crowned him with glory and honor. Look at verse 6. You have made him to have dominion, man, over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field. Look at verse 8. The birds of the air and the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. Notice man has dominion over all the earth. I want to read this in the Passion. Kara, thank you so very much. Look at this in the Passion Translation. Verse 5. Yet with honor, or yet what honor you have given to men, created only a little lower than Elohim, created with glory and magnificence. Now, the King James says we were created a little Lord in the angels. That is not a good translation. Actually, the real translation is we've been created a little lower than Elohim, which is a little lower than God. Elohim is God. You and I are not lower than the angels. You and I actually are created in the image of God, in the likeness of God, and we are a little lower than God. I'm going to say something really bold here. You might leave the church, but I'm going to say it anyway. You are a little God, a little G, in your sphere of influence. You have the ability to change, rearrange things, control things, say yes to things, say no to things, create things. In your sphere of influence, you're just a chip off the old block. Just like God himself does it on a bigger scale, you can do it on your scale. Come on, somebody, say amen. amen. Give Kara a hand. Kara, here's your phone. And just for being so obedient, take this $20. Receive that, Kara. Amen. Okay, now somebody else get the phone number and uh, go to find it in this verse for me. No, I'm just playing. I don't have no more money for you. Now, listen to, let me uh, make some bold statements here. You ready? Bold statements. The authority to dominate the earth was given to mankind. God did not include himself in the authority structure of the earth. Man was appointed as the steward of the earth. Any spirit without a body is illegal on the earth. Any spirit without a body is illegal. 
on the earth. Any interference from the supernatural is only legal through man. Listen to this now. Any interference from the supernatural is only legal through man. Nothing happens on the earth without the permission of man. I'm going to say it again. Nothing happens on the earth without the permission of man, whether it be active or passive. Nothing on this earth happens without the permission of man. The creator cannot intervene without the consent of man. God must obtain cooperation with a person if he desires to do anything in the earth. God must obtain cooperation with the person if he desires to do anything in the earth. Several years ago in this church building, we don't own this building. We rent this building. We have a great relationship with the owner of the building. Um, we are coming to a place where we are going to own our own facility. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. Somebody say that's happening now. Amen. But we rent this facility. We got a great relationship. Several years ago, we had a different parking lot because that bridge and all that wasn't there. And there were U-Hauls that used to take our parking spot. And these big, a guy, a guy down here owned a U-Haul shop and he would, he parked all his U-Hauls up here. And when we came to church, we couldn't park anywhere. And so I needed some help of getting these U-Hauls out. So I was talking to the owner of the facility. He said, hey, what's going on? Things, what's, everything going well? We're talking. We're communicating. Things going well? Yeah, things going, yeah, things going well. How are you doing? You know, we've gone out to eat a few times. We talk about our families. He's like, um, all right, it's all good. I said, well, I do have one, one situation. When we come to church on Sunday, there's U-Hauls parked in all of our parking out here, and we're unable to have our people park because of you. He said, what? I said, they're U-Hauls blocking the front of our, our interest. He said, on our property? I said, on our property. He said, hold on a sec. I'll call you right back. Within eight minutes, he was here. Like, quickly, I was at the church. He came. He showed up. He called the police. He said, these U-Hauls need to get off my property. And he went to work. Next thing you know, we ain't never saw a U-Haul on the property again. <laughs> it caused me to think. We have stewardship of this building. We have governance of this facility. I can do whatever I desire to do in this building. We, we pay rent. If I want to paint the walls, I can paint the walls. I have the, the, under our contract, I could sublease it out to other people. I could do whatever we desire in this building because we are stewards of this building. But when I needed something to get done, I needed to call the owner. Come on, somebody. I, I needed to reach out to the owner of this facility and say, hey, I need this. I need your help to get this, get this situation taken care of because we tried to, to do it and it wasn't working. He flexed his muscles, come on, and made sure it didn't happen again. How much more does God, who is sitting there waiting for us to, to request intervention from him in this earth domain, how much more is he saying, let me in? Let me have a way. Let me come through these doors. Let me have my way in this situation. Invite me into this. If I never, Thomas called uh, the, the owner, he, if I never called him or said anything, he'd have never came and done nothing. But when I invited him to come, 
He came quickly and he took care of everything. This is the same reason and way why prayer is so important to you and I. God, listen, cannot intervene without your consent. Why, why, why ain't God moving in my life? You ain't asked him to. And if he ever has moved in your life and you didn't ask, somebody else was praying for you. Intercession. If he's ever done something that, that man, I'll tell you what, I don't know how that happened. Thank you, Jesus. Best believe somebody was praying for you if you weren't yourself. Come on, somebody, amen. amen. When you was running around without him, didn't know him, acting the fool, partying up a storm, doing all ridiculous things, somebody was praying for you. When you almost died that night, you know the night I'm talking about, and you almost died, and you knew if it wasn't for God, somebody was praying for you. And that's why that intervention, God came down, because somebody invited him to come. And this is what prayer is all about. This last statement I wrote, God must obtain the cooperation of a person if he desires to do anything in the earth. Uh, St. Augustine made this statement, without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. Without God, we cannot. Without us, God will not. Action taken by God in the earth realm requires human cooperation. It's just like the, the devil. He's looking for people. He's seeking people too because it's illegal for the spirits to run around on the earth without a body. That's why they're trying to possess folks. That's why they're trying to oppress people. That's why there's a lot of mental issues. That's why there's a lot of suicide and oppression and anxiety and depression. The devil is trying to get access in the earth too. And so he's, they both know. God knows because he said it that way. It's in motion. The devil understands if I'm going to make an impact, I've got to get in somebody. And God knows if I got to make an impact in the earth, I got to bring the Holy Spirit and cause the Holy Spirit to get in somebody so we can make a change in this earth. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. To rescue humanity in the flood, God needed Noah. For the creation of a nation, God needed Abraham. To lead the nation of Israel, God needed Moses. To defeat Jericho, God needed Joshua. To bring back Israel from captivity, God needed Daniel. For the preservation of the Hebrews, God needed Esther. For the salvation of mankind, God needed to become a man. Did you hear that? He had to legally become a man to change everything. Because man has dominion over the earth. So God came in man, put on flesh and said, I'm going to dominate this earth and I'm going to show you how to dominate this earth. For the direction of this generation, God needs you. Only three people received that. Let me shout it again. For the direction of this generation, God needs you. He needs you. It seems, John Wesley said this, it seems God is limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. This is a bold statement. It seems God is limited by our prayer life. That he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. 
This is, when you understand this truth, this realization, you, you'll begin to see why the earth is in the condition it's in. People are not asking for God's help. Let's take him out of the Pledge of Allegiance and let's eliminate him from, from this and that. We don't want godly intervention. And when we do that, then we don't have his help and support. And now we're in the condition we're in. But some people reconcile this and say, well, God must not be real. Or he's, no, no, he's, he's definitely real. But this is in motion. I need to say this. Jesus came and took all the authority back from the God of this world, the devil, and gave it to you and I. We have all authority. We have all power and dominion over the devil himself. Even if you feel like the weakest Christian, you feel like the heel of the bottom of my foot that needs to go get a pedicure every now and then, you are still on top of the head of the devil. Come on, somebody. You still can stump his head in even if you feel like a heel on the body of Christ. You have the authority over the wicked one, and you have authority in the earth. Stop waiting for God to move the mountain. You move the mountain. Well, I'm just, I'm just waiting on God to do something. Here's one of the laziest prayers I, I, I hear all the time. I just put it all in God's hands, and whatever he wants to do, he'll do. God ain't never said that. God ain't never said just whatever I want to do, I'm going to do. He's never said that. Now, ultimately, at the end of the age of this grace dispensation, it's going to be the dispensation of judgment. God's going to come back, take over the earth, make a new earth. We're going to come back and rule and reign. He's going, and the devil will be, will be cast away. That's going to ultimately happen. But in the meantime, that authority has been given to you and I. Well, I'm asking God to move this mountain out my life. No, 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 no. Instead of they're asking God, this is what people say. I'm waiting on God to move the mountain. God said, you speak to the mountain. Well, I got this fever, and whatever God wants to do with this fever, I guess he'll do it. God said, Jesus spoke the fevers, and fevers left. He showed you how to get rid of them. Well, I'm just putting everything in the hands of the Lord while I sit and eat my Doritos. And drink my soda and just whatever God wants to do, I guess he'll just do it the best way he wants to do it. And then, and then you get busted, beat up, and you say, well, that was God's will for my life. No, that wasn't God's will for your life. God's will for your life was to be victorious, but you let the devil beat you up because you don't know the authority that you walk with on the earth. I'm preaching better than y'all saying amen. amen. You have more power than you realize. You have more authority than you realize. You are created to dominate this earth. Don't let the earth dominate you. Well, I've been sick. We've been sick for, we just, we just get sick. That's what we do. We get sick. And guess what, you, guess what you're going to keep doing? Getting sick. Because you keep calling for the sickness. And sickness say, yeah, we're right here. We're going to come. Keep calling us. We're we going to keep coming. Instead of saying, sickness, I speak to you. In the name of Jesus, I cast you out in Jesus' name. And that sickness has to go. Years ago, we, uh, we, didn't, I didn't, I didn't, we didn't have a lot of money. I was, we had just started the church. I was no longer working for corporate America. We didn't have insurance. We didn't have a lot of money. I wasn't taking a salary or anything. And Zai got sick. And she had this fever. And Stacy wanted to take her to the doctor. I said, babe, I, I, don't, I don't have to take her to the doctor money, Okay. Uh, and so she was like, ah, she needs to go to the doctor. I said, well, before we take her to the doctor, just give me 30 minutes 
She said, what you going to do? I said, you just watch. I walked in that room with Zai. I commanded that fever to leave in the name of Jesus. I laid hands on her. You foul fever, I command you. Y'all think this is silly, but this is Bible. You foul fever, I command you to leave Zai's body. Now in the name of Jesus, cease and desist in your maneuvers to bring her temperature up. Go now. And I walked out. 30 minutes later, we go back in there. Zai says, I'm ready to go to school. We're like, well, baby girl, you just had a fever. She don't have no fever no more. We checked her in. She didn't have no fever no more. Praise the Lord. Gone. But what, what, yeah, put your hands together for Jesus. This is what Jesus commanded us to do. Now, I'm, I'm not against doctors. Okay, I need to say that. If you feel like you need to go to the doctor, please go to the doctor. Even if you don't have the money, go to the doctor if you feel like you need to go to the doctor. Okay? I am not against doctors. Doctors and preachers should be on the same team, but I do want you to operate in the authority that God has given you and stop letting things beat you up. I said stop letting things beat you up. And you operate in the authority that God has given you to dominate this earth. Stop allowing things to happen. Well, that just happens. You know, we just, this happens every year. You know, every year I just... You know, I break out in hives every year. This time every year I break out. Stop it! How do I stop it? Talk to it! Hives, you will not welcome back in my body no more. I'm talking to somebody here today. You are not welcome. You got to go. Now, you can put some of that, what's that pink stuff? Yeah, you can put that calamine lotion on it too. I'm good with that too. But you talk to the thing and watch it go. Speak to the root of it. You have authority over the earth. Come on, somebody shout Amen. I'm going to read this quote again from John Wesley. It seems God is limited by our prayer life that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him. Prayer is man giving God the legal right and permission to interfere in the earth. I know these things sound weird when I say this, but the way God set this up was through prayer giving him the permission to intervene. Prayer is a partnership between the divine and mankind. Write that down. Prayer is a partnership between the divine and mankind. Prayer serves as the conduit through which the supernatural is brought to the earth. Prayer serves as the conduit through which the supernatural is brought to the earth. The reason why most people are not praying, the reason why we consider prayer boring, the reason why we don't pray often is because we don't understand what we're actually doing when we're praying. I'm a pastor of a church. Uh, uh, You know, a lot of people follow me. A lot of people listen to the teaching. I still struggle with Am I wasting time while I'm praying? Am I just wasting time with this? And then I have to go back to, no, I want to invite God on the scene. So I'll, I'll wake up and say, Lord, have your way in the Alexander family today. And then I'll say, have your way in the True Life family today. Come, show up strong. Show up any way you want to show up. Show out. I, I invite you. Come, don't. No, no, you are invited to come. You are welcome here. Come, have your way today in Jesus' name. I'm inviting him every single day to show up. 
and to show out. Come on, come on. So when he shows up, I say, yeah, he's invited. He's invited. I invited him to come, and he's going to show up and he show out. Come on, somebody say, Lord, have your way in my family today. Right now, you invited him to come on in, and he's going to show up and show out. Somebody say amen. 1 Peter 3.12, 1 Peter 3.12, for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are open to their prayers. You can stop right there. Isn't it good to know that God hears your prayers? His ears are open. His eyes are on the righteous, and his ears are open to hear your prayers It is good to know that God is listening to my prayers. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. Matthew chapter 16, verse 19 in the Passion Translation. It says, I will give you the keys of the kingdom realm to forbid on earth that which is forbidden in heaven and to release on earth that which is released in heaven. Watch this. God is giving you the keys. What does the keys do? Keys unlock. We were renting a church, but when we first started the church, we were in a a local high school, and we had to wait on the custodian to open up the doors, Latoya, to let us in. And so we would have to, sometimes we have to sit in the car, and I know Jerry and Kara remember all those days. We have to sit, and Jerry used to bring our truck, and we have to wait for the custodian because we had a truck, you know, that had all the equipment, and we were setting up and tearing down, and we would have to wait for the custodian. Sometimes he was late. Most times he was there, but sometimes late, but we have to wait. And one day we got there, and Zavin at the time was really, really small. And he said, Daddy, you don't own this building. And I was like, what are you talking about? No, no. He said, Daddy, you don't own the church. I said, no, no, the Lord Jesus, what are you talking about, son? He goes, you don't own the church. I said, well, well no, I don't. Jesus does. He goes, no, you don't own the church because you don't have the key. I was like, okay, yeah, I don't have the keys, but I got the keys of this building. Praise the Lord. I don't have the keys. You're right. God has given you the keys. And what do these keys do? It forbids on earth what should be forbidden in heaven. And it releases on earth what is released in heaven. This is your part in prayer. You're able to release on earth, especially in your realm of influence, what is released in heaven. Is there any sickness in heaven? So in my family, we release. Health, health, we release you to come to our family in Jesus' name. and our church family, we release it. Is anybody broke in heaven? Anybody poor, lacking, broke? No. We release abundance in Jesus' name. God, we release it. We have the keys to the kingdom, and we release abundance in the name of Jesus. Somebody shout amen. amen. Look at it in the Amplified Translation. I can tell by my spirit that you're getting, you're getting fired up today. I can sense it in my spirit. Look at the Amplified. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, declare to be improper and unlawful on earth, must be what is already bound in heaven, and whatever you loose, declare lawful on the earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. You can declare things to be improper and unlawful, and you can also declare things to be proper and lawful in Jesus' name. Somebody say amen. Amen. James chapter 5, verse 16. James chapter 5, verse 16. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails 
much. Say this after me. The effective, fervent prayer of me avails much. Effective means to accomplish a, pers- a purpose. When you pray, you want it to be effective, right? You want things to happen, right? That's what makes it effective. You're going to accomplish a purpose. Fervent means you're passionate. You're enthusiastic. You're excited. And in righteousness talks about the condition that, may- that has made you acceptable to God. Because of Jesus, you are acceptable to God. So since you are acceptable to God and you want to be effective, you want things to happen, then you must add fervency to your prayer. Get excited. Get passionate about it. The Word tells us it's going to avail much. Things are going to happen. The Amplified Bible says that it will be dynamic in its working when you pray with effectiveness, fervency, and you are a righteous man or woman. Somebody say amen. Amen. We can get results in prayer when we align with these three principles. Understand, you are not just a human with no power walking around and thinking, well, you know, one day I'm here, the next day I'm gone. And every day looks like the same day, and you've lost your fervency and your ability to make a change. No, you are a change agent. You are a owner. Say, I'm an owner. owner. So you think differently when you're an owner. You you know, I, I know when you start thinking about your family, when you start thinking about your family and somebody messing with your children or somebody messing with your mama, you're going to think a little differently about that, ain't you? Are you not? You're going to be like, well, whatever, you know, whatever God wants to happen in that situation, you know. Well, the teacher cussed out my child. Well, that's what God's will, you know, or whatever God wants. Are you going to act like that? That's God's will for my child to get cussed out by the... No, that's not how you're going to act. Now, we got amazing teachers in here, and, and that was only an example. Please don't take it personal. But no, you're going you're gonna to want to talk to the teacher. Did you say that to my? I shouldn't have did. Well, we got a problem. Now we got a problem, right? That's how you're gonna respond, right? Right? That's how you should be acting when the devil be trying to mess with you. You got a problem. You put that sickness on my child? Are you crazy? Devil, you better get up out of here. We ain't got no money in the bank account, devil. You crazy? Money come to us. We release the abundance from heaven to come. Oh, well, how's it gonna come? I don't know how it's gonna come, but I call for it to come. And it's gonna come in a legal way. oh let me make this one last statement i'm gonna get y'all out of here prayer is man giving god the right and permission to interfere in the earth does this change the way you think about prayer today yeah it should change the way you think about prayer today when you understand i'm inviting god to come on so he's the owner and we're the steward and one day he's going to come back and, and take care of everything itself. But in the meantime, I'm inviting him to come right now and have his way. The uh, Psalms t- tells us that he enthrones, we enthrone him in the praises and the prayers of the people. Psalms 22.3, I believe. We're enthroned in the praises and the prayers of the people. We put him on the throne when we begin to praise and to pray, we put him on the throne. And then he, we can have heaven on the earth. We can have a piece of heaven on the earth. 
you don't always have to go with, with the, the flow that the earth is going. Now, we live in this world, but we're not of the world. And while the world might be struggling because we have invited God on the scene, we can have a piece of heaven right here on the earth. Come on, somebody say amen to that. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www.truelifefc.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you, and remember to love, learn, live, and lead. Thank you.